Green Divas and Green Dudes come in many shades of green. Here to help you discover and celebrate your personal shade of green are hosts Green Diva Meg and Maxine Margot, veteran radio chicks who share important news about climate change and the plight of human existence, but somehow manage to make most of it fun and sexy using at least 50 shades of green. Hey there, welcome to another episode of 50 Shades of Green Divas. Whoa, 50 Shades. <laughs> What's your shade of green diva today? Yeah, mm. and you know what? There's more than 50 Shades. It just uh, sounds kind of fun, right? Yeah, it sounds really fun, actually. <laughs> and so. we are having fun. We've been in the studio, mm-hmm. Max and I. I'm Green Diva Meg, by the way. And um, I guess I could say Green Diva Max. Yeah, you can, if you want. I, I will. You are. I am. You are. I've become a diva, everybody, <laughs> to all the O's in Hollywood. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been in the studio having lots. We're, we're, we're getting a lot of interviews. Correct. In the can. In the can. We like things in and, the can. Uh, or so, in the glass, actually. But yeah, or in the computer, whatever. Whatever. Okay. But... One of the things, and and I, I, I unfortunately Max wasn't here with me, so um, the interview you're going to hear today, uh, I did on my own before because this woman, uh, as you'll hear, was just extremely busy, and she right. was like, "How about tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you say yes, you say yes to those things." Yeah, it's so important. The theme of today's show, we're really going to stick to the, to a, a one topic, which covers a lot of ground actually in many ways, but. Hopefully not literally, right? Yeah, it does. Care. It does actually cover a lot of ground. Yeah, the uh, North Dakota. What is it? No, it's the Dakota Access Pipeline. Right? right. It's like Keystone, but going through the Dakotas and going through lands of uh, our very important, you know, American yeah, sacred sacred in, land for the indigenous folks. Right. That um, you know, we've been. They've been bullied out of so much of their land already, but uh, it's 1,200 miles. Starts in North Dakota and goes down to southern Illinois, and it's starting to get a lot more press, which is good, but it needs more. And and one of the things that I think that is happening that's causing this to to get more attention. It's not just that it's another, because there's lots of pipelines, mm-hmm. and there's lots of problems with them. And there's lots of fracking and lots yeah. of holes in the ground causing... But this has been things. this unprecedented opportunity. Um, some young Native folks at Standing Rock Reservation have stood up and said, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And and what's happened is there has been this unprecedented meeting of many tribes. They've come from everywhere. From everywhere to say, yes, we, you know... Because part of what's happening with the pipeline, other than usurping land, taking land, and going through sacred burial grounds, is that they're they're risking critical water, um, you know, water access. That uh, because of the history of all of these pipelines, none of them are infallible. Keystone was supposed to be – what they did get laid down was supposed to be, you know, absolutely the, the state-of-the-art, most safe – 
and they've had at least 12 accidents. Right. Nothing leaks. You know, everything's fine. And they're major. Nothing blows up. Everything's fine. And they're major when they happen. So uh, anyway, um, so these folks are all getting together and they're saying it's not just about this pipeline now. It's about all of this. It has to stop. And – Max and I have had the opportunity to meet some of these Native American women that are on the front lines of not only climate change and climate activism and environmental activism, but climate justice, because there does seem to be a theme of the types of folks that tend to get crapped on more than others. (laughs) This is very true. (laughs) I mean, just to be kind of blunt about it. It's very blunt, and and generally it's it's – People who can be bullied and people who have, you know, uh, they're women. Uh, I'm going to use the women card on this. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and it goes back to even what's happening now currently in the election. But it, it's, it's something that we, we, don't all, we don't think about it. And, the, you know, the people who are being affected, we, we just go about our daily Twitter lives with a little Twitter feeds and nothing against Twitter, but... You know, yeah. we need to have more attention span than eight seconds, which is less than a goldfish that has 10 seconds. So this woman that I, 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 you're going to hear, is her name is Candy Mossett, and she's a young uh, Native American woman who has gotten very active. Mm-hmm. She's been a rising and emerging voice uh, f- against fracking that's happening in her community in, in North Dakota. She's, she's a mother. She's concerned for her children and people in her, her community that are getting sick. So she's become this really wonderful voice for saying she's a very powerful and passionate voice for saying no. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it is women around the world that are starting to say no because they are the ones that are caretaking. They're, they're concerned for their communities, their children, their grandmothers. And anyway, Candy, um, I've had the opportunity to meet her through this organization, We Can, right. uh, Women's Earth and Climate Action Network. And we, we covered that event at the yeah. UN. They're an amazing group of people. Yep. And, and so – uh, Candy is on literally the front lines of this particular uh, Dakota Access Pipeline fight, which is getting ugly. Right. There's and, a lot of uh, I mean, nasty I, and dangerous things happening. What you'll hear today is some things that w- we hadn't even heard in the news yet. The people are getting arrested and now they have riot gear and, and, and these are pe- peaceful protesters we're talking about. Um, Who has the riot gear? Well, not the protesters. Right, obviously. I'm just saying yeah. who's, who's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll we'll find out uh, in the yeah. in the uh, in the interview. But what's happening is uh, law enforcement is 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 treating these people like well, they're... not only law enforcement, but they're private contractors that were brought in as security, which really they set the dogs on these folks. Oh my God, don't even get me going. So we set. have to wrap this because it's a really – I didn't want to edit a minute of this interview. Okay. And it's 22 minutes. So please stay tuned and listen. And in the meantime, I just want to also say look for us. Uh, the Green Divas radio show, uh, this particular show will be through all of our channels there at The Green Divas on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also The Many Shades of Green as this is a collaborative effort between Correct. the two shows. We are go- we're joining forces to make ourselves the hulks of Green Diva World. That's hilarious. We're- hulks are green. Hulks are green. So we're going to be the 
and green, green hulk and right now you can go to thegreendivas.com we have a page for more information about what we're doing here with 50 mm-hmm. shades of green divas and uh just you know get in touch with us let us know what you think and um please stay tuned for candy Mossen. I have had a bit of a challenge catching up to this amazing, amazing young woman who is out literally on the front lines of climate action, climate justice, particularly right now with the Dakota Access Pipeline that is finally getting more attention in the media. And we've been talking about it, but the bigger media is really getting out there. And Candy is... One of the reasons it has been getting some attention, she's a beautiful, wonderful, loud voice for action and and why we need to pay attention. Candy Mossett is an organizer with the Indigenous Environmental Network, among many, many other things. And I've had the privilege of meeting her on Skype at a UN event a few months back. Here we are again. So glad to have you, Candy. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on here today. And um, I would just go ahead and introduce myself the way I do out here. And so in my language of Hiratsa, I always say to you, Dosha, Margo, Marashima, Ishuwiahets. And so hello, relatives. My name is Eagle Woman. Mm. Um, my English name is Candy Mosset. And I am a Mandan, Hiratsa, Rikara woman from North Dakota here. So my tribe is just northwest and um in the heart of the Bakken Formation, which is where this oil is coming from Mm. to go into this Dakota Access Pipeline. No question that if it were happening here in New Jersey, it just wouldn't be happening. You know what I mean? I mean, mean, obviously, we we, we don't have the oil, uh, shale, and whatever you have going on out there underneath. Okay, so before I start getting indignant and and, and right on board with you, can we um, just back up and do a little 101 and background on Mm -hmm. what the Dakota Access Pipeline is and why, obviously, why we need to be worried about it? Sure. Um, So the Dakota Access Pipeline is being touted by some as Keystone XL Part 2. When we won that campaign and successfully stopped Keystone XL Pipeline, the project uh, for Dakota Access immediately went into the works. And it is a pipeline that runs from the northwest corner of North Dakota down through South Dakota, through Iowa, and down into Illinois. It's over um, 1,100 miles long. And so what it would do is it would carry the crude oil from the Bakken oil fields here in North Dakota where they're fracking like crazy and Mm. flaring natural gas to Mm. get the oil. Carry that all the way down to... um, Illinois, and then that would be transported to refineries and terminals along the Gulf of Mexico, um, probably to be shipped out of, of the country, so not even staying here. And what happened with the Dakota Access Pipeline, energy transfer partners were able to use Nationwide Permit 12, um, which allowed them to segment the pipeline into individual projects, which meant that they could fast-track approvals without any adequate environmental reviews yeah. or public input. So there was no full environmental impact statement that was done for the length of the entire pipeline. It's crazy and obviously a creepy little loophole. Yeah, it is a creepy loophole, and that's how the company got away with it. In addition to that, what people don't understand necessarily around the rest of the country is that 
this pipeline construction has never stopped in its entirety. Even here in North Dakota, they have never stopped from the northwest corner where they started building. They're still trenching, they're still uh, sealing pipe, they're still welding, they're still laying pipe. Where we are in near Cannonball, North Dakota, is right on the Missouri River. And this company never had the, the, the permit for the easement that they need, that, that they absolutely need to go underneath the Missouri River to bore underneath and mm. have the pipeline continue to go south. They never had that from the Army Corps of Engineers. Wow. But they went ahead and did this project and started building anyway. So when the administration came out last Friday, and had released a statement from the Department of the Interior, the Department of Justice, and the Department of the Army saying that they were not going to then authorize that permit until further assessments have right. been done. Yeah. They just they never authorized it yet in the first place. And what does that mean, further assessments? It's a delay, but it is not killing the pipeline project by any means. And right. so they have stopped right here by the river, but they haven't stopped 90 miles down the road. And so yesterday and the day before, people went out away from camp over to where they're still working and still building and locked down to equipment and successfully stopped them the past two days. But 22 people were arrested the first day, and then yesterday eight more people were arrested. And yesterday five of those people are now being charged with felony charges for absolutely ludicrous and absurd Wow. Um, uh, charges like conspiracy to commit reckless endangerment, which is a class B felony. And that is, we're like, well, what do you mean? Specify our legal team was yeah. asking. And it, it's, it's because the police officers supposedly are, their lives are in danger when they have to take them off of the equipment is really? what we're being told. I mean, I yes. saw, I saw for, you know, uh, videos and photographs. Of, well, I know the private company with the dogs, I, I suppose they've gotten, enough bad press that they've backed off on that but the police were in like full riot gear last time i saw when that was yesterday yeah, that, yeah two days ago they were in full riot gear they had um pellet guns on the front line but then just behind them were um people police with fully fully armed semi-automatic weapons really that they were holding That's and insane. um now they're charging us which is something they hadn't done yet. Now they're charging us with felonies and, and reckless endangerment. I mean, you're talking about maximum sentences of five years in prison and $10,000 fines for a person literally just walking down to equipment to stop construction, which should have been done already by the Obama administration. But yeah. that is not the case. They're still pushing through at business as usual and just, hoping that we'll be pacified here and hoping that we'll just go away. But we're not going away. No, and it's all outrageous. And I want to talk in a minute about, uh, I know there's at least one gentleman who's attached himself to a piece of equipment. I, I had watched some live feed of that last week. But let's go back again and just talk about, like, why? Just in case somebody doesn't understand the implications of a pipeline and what it can do and specifically why it would be incredibly intrusive to uh, the land that they're going through. The pipeline, as we know, with all pipelines, they do leak. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. That is not even a question anymore. And so this pipeline is proposed to go underneath the Missouri River. Even though we're here in North Dakota above a reservation, that Missouri River flows down to the Gulf of Mexico. In fact, there are 28 million people 
who are in the path of this Missouri River as it flows downstream and whose water would be impacted. And so it's not just about us here fighting this one pipeline. It's about everybody that's downstream. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, in this country, the United States has said that they are serious about cutting their emissions of greenhouse gases to deal with the climate crisis that we're already facing because of coal-fired power plants and um, things in this country. And so what the country has been saying is we're going to get off of coal-fired power plants and we're going to use natural gas and we're going to frack, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Well, we just got reports in the past two days from Oil Change International with their reports and studies that they did, and they have shown that this pipeline, if built, would in um, each year of operation contribute the the equivalence of 29.5 coal-fired power plants new going oh. into the atmosphere. That's that's Whoa. that's similar to 21.4 million new vehicles. Wait a minute, wait a minute. On the road. So we're, we're out there like thinking we're doing a good job shutting down coal plants, and this is going to just destroy all of that. And, and it is. It's pollute. a facade. It's yeah. a false solution to the climate crisis because wow. this is not a bridge fuel. Fracking is not a bridge fuel. And, and, and in fact, the natural gas here is just being flared into the atmosphere because the pipeline infrastructure doesn't exist in North Dakota. The companies don't want to invest in it. So they're flaring natural gas while they're going after this oil. And this oil is what's going to go through the rest of the country, through the Dakota Access Pipeline. It's all about this block information. And I don't think the national narrative has been really focused on where is the oil actually coming from? Right, And right. it's coming from my community where yeah. we've been seeing social impacts that people don't even know about yeah. domestic violence, violence against women. We have seen the rapes against women increase by 168%. Wow. We have seen sex trafficking. We've seen heroin coming in. We've seen organized crime coming in because there's so much money. All of these men are living in man camps around here. And we have our, our senator, Heidi Heitkamp, has said, oh, I stand with Native Americans and I'm trying to help with violence against women and, and the youth and making sure there's education. But she's completely connected, disconnected herself from the violence that comes as a result of the oil industry and the right. fossil fuel industry because right. she's pro-industry. Yeah. And you absolutely cannot disconnect the violence against our earth and the violence against women because they go hand in hand. Yeah. And yep. we've seen it in our communities. And it's ripped us apart in our communities where they're digging to get the oil out. Yeah, you, and you've been talking about this a lot longer than this particular protest against the Dakota Access Pipeline. I just want to let people know that you have been an active voice for your community against the fracking and this rape and pillage of the land and of the people and women, all of it, uh, for quite a few years. And one of the things we talked about in the the reason we had met through WECAN, which is Women's Earth and Climate Action Network, this UN event that we did, and one of the things that the theme was, was you and many indigenous women, uh, not only here in the United States, but around the world, are really on the front lines for a number of reasons, not the least of which... Uh, is climate injustice because uh, – and that's a whole other huge issue about where a lot of this stuff happens and why. But you are fighting this fight for all of us and mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you. And I want people to know you know, what's happening because it's for some reason it's infuriating that it has fallen under the radar for so long. And I, I don't – I think that's changing. Right now there seems to be – what I'm reading about is this unprecedented – 
coalition of of tribes of of tribal uh, communities coming together for this and even local farmers people that might have been disparate in other ways are coming together because it's just too much that's we're done well here's the situation as native americans we've never changed our story we've never changed our narrative we've been saying for the past 500 years that capitalism and colonization is not sustainable. We have been saying do not rape and pillage the earth because that literally the reason we say Mother Earth is because we could not survive on this planet without the food that's grown in the soil, without the air that we breathe into our lungs, literally without the water that our bodies are mostly made up of. And so the thing is, is that it just took a lot of people to get sick, to see the cancers, to see the asthmas, to see that, hey, fossil fuel industry is directly tied and inextricably linked with the health of people and communities. And so it's become more than just a NIMBY issue. It's not in my backyard anymore. It's not in my planet. And it's all humanity that is being impacted. I, I tell people, you know, it's like swimming in a swimming pool when you're a little kid and you know, I used to swim in the deep end because all the little kids were in the shallow end and they used to think <laughs> I was safe over there. Yeah. And I, and then I realized no matter what, if a bunch of little kids are peeing in the shallow <laughs> end, it's going to come to the deep end eventually too. I'm not safe in that pool. And it's yeah. the same for our water. It's the same for our air. The air we're breathing here, everybody breathes into their lungs. And so I think that the, the thing is, is that we are now together in unity in a sacred place where we used to meet as enemies 200 years ago, mm-hmm. where medicine was put in the ground. And you can still feel that medicine here. I get goosebumps when I look at the over 200 tribal nations that have finally come together mm-hmm. and, and are able to stand. You know, there's about 568 federally recognized tribes in this country that have been put through the ringer. Yeah. since Christopher Columbus stumbled upon our country and we discovered him. Yeah. And we've been dealing with so much that I think it just came to the point where we're like, we're not going to take it anymore. This is absurd. Our treaty rights have been violated from day one and they continue to be violated. Yeah. And people, by and large, need to understand that we are not against, we're not just against something. We don't want to just stop this and that's the end of the story. No. We want to push the renewable energy economy. We want people to have jobs. We want them to be able to feed their families and put food on the table and pay medical expenses. But we want these workers that are working for Dakota Access and Energy Transfer Partners to understand that we are on their side. We know that they need to do their job. And so we care about them. But the company doesn't care about them. The company, at the end of the day, is about money. They could care less if those people get cancers. They could care less if their children are suffering because of those toxins that they're bringing home by working in the oil fields every day. But we care. We understand that they are harming themselves and their families and are speaking up for them, too, because they might not know and understand that. So this is about a just transition away from the fossil fuel economy as a whole and into a renewable energy economy for all of us. There is a need to acknowledge and respect the Indigenous peoples of this land and well everywhere but but in particularly this country that that have not really been well treated at all in fact quite the opposite it's been a long time coming and of course this pipeline would go through some sacred ground a burial ground i believe so what happened on um i think it was last saturday now it's starting i'm starting to lose track of my time but the the company has the easements from the private landowners. The federal government can't, can't do anything about that. That's why their work continues. 
Um, there's private landowners all throughout here <clears throat> in North Dakota that either signed easements or in Iowa, they were used, eminent domain was used on them mm. and so that the company could push through. But a private landowner reached out to the tribe and to the tribal historic preservation officers and said, look, I did sign, you know, these easement contracts, but Dakota Access assured me that the cultural sites and sacred sites that I know that are on my land will be protected. <clears throat> and he said that they're not doing that. They're not even looking at any of the sites out here, so you guys need to get out here. Mm. So the Tribal Historic Preservation Officers went out and they found sacred sites and cultural sites. And these are not just, you know, any sacred site. This is culturally significant, something that hasn't been seen in the upper Midwest ever. Right. For the sites that were located. And so they mapped them out. They GPS them out. They put little stakes and staked them out. Yeah. And on on the Friday, they sent all of that information to the court. The tribe was going to ask for a cease and desist. But the state historic preservation officers would have had to come down and, um, you know, go over all of the things and approve that, yes, this is a cultural site just because of the way the land ownership works out here right. now. And so that happened over a weekend, over Labor Day weekend was when that happened. So Friday, the courts had all that information, which meant Energy Transfer Partners had the GPS coordinates as well. Mm-hmm. On Saturday morning, they leapfrogged over 15 miles of land where they had been working. Oh, dear. And went directly to the site and destroyed a 2.2-mile <gasps> swath. They disturbed three burial sites. Oh. They destroyed... I mean, literally, I can't even, Friday night it was there, it was a beautiful thing, and Saturday morning it was gone. And then that's the day that women broke down the fence and went in front of the bulldozers, and that's the day that six people were attacked by dogs, and and over 30 people were sprayed in the face, and that's when the next day the Sheriff's Department here, Morton County Sheriff's Department, put out a statement saying that we were violent, that we were the ones that were perpetuating violence, and that's not the case. Dakota Access is aggressive. They provoked us. They attacked us. They had only been making 11 miles per week as they had been working, and so we knew that they weren't going to be over there for a while, but instead they skipped over the middle area and went directly to where those GPS coordinates were and intentionally and willingly and knowingly destroyed cultural and sacred sites. Of the Arikara Nation, my ancestors. Well, I'm I'm really very very sorry. My heart aches in general for the for the horror, but but specifically for you and your your culture. It's not okay, people. So tell us, tell us, Candy, what can the rest of us do um, to help support you if we can't come out there and <laughs> lock arms and and walk and and guard and stand, whatever we can do. What what else can we do? There is actually a lot that people can do. We put a call out for solidarity actions around the country for people to help us to target Enbridge, for example, which is the corporation that um, was trying to do a sandpiper pipeline into Minneapolis. They they, they, they um, stopped that project and invested nearly $2 billion into Dakota Access and energy transfers, and so they need to be targeted. We also have the list of all of the banks and all of the companies uh, that are investing in this project. And yes. we're asking people to target them and to hit them in their pocketbook because that's yep. what it's about. It's yep. about money. Okay. And so all of these are delay, delay things that we can do to try and shut this project down. We're also asking people to visit us at indigenousrising.org. We have a donate button there that people can help 
this money will go directly into on-the-ground um, needs and logistics and resources. So that's yeah. indigenousrising.org. But you can also go to the Facebook page, pages. There's sacredstonecamp.org. Okay. There's um, No Dakota Access and Treaty Territory is a Facebook page where you can get a lot of updates. And then okay. we also have Red Warrior Camp that has their own page out here that has been doing some um, nonviolent direct actions in addition to the Indigenous People's Power Project that has been doing nonviolent direct actions. But there's like a legal defense fund as well because with these felony charges yeah. now, you're talking yeah. about $10,000 per person. And so all of that can be done. And above all, I mean, if you, if you can't even do any of that, send prayer because there is power in prayer. Yes. And we need all of the prayers and the power from the people around the country to say that they're at least praying for us. And and having a sense of understanding. We've been dealing with a lot of racism here on mm-hmm. the ground now, mm-hmm. um, which isn't new for North Dakota, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's a shame that people um, are attacking us for trying to protect water and protect life for all yeah. people. Yeah, Candy, I uh, just admire you, and I am so sorry you're going through this, but I'm grateful that you're speaking up for your community and for all of us. And I'm going to personally do whatever I can to support you. And I know that we'll do a post and all these things that you've mentioned. I will have links to everything. I ask people to at least become aware and say a prayer, send good energy, and please send money, go out there, do whatever you can, because this is a fight for all of us. Thank you so much, Candy. Thank you. You've been listening to The Fifty Shades of Green, a collaborative gig between the Green Divas and the Many Shades of Green radio shows, happily recorded at Green Diva Studio. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts and The Many Shades of Green on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher, among other places. You can find more information about this show and much more on thegreendivas.com. Thank you.